Now look here, I'm Alan. I'm Catherine. And we've got something to tell you. Yeah, so it's our sixth episode, which I think is pretty good going. I think so. We've managed to keep this thing running for you know, six weeks. Um, our last one came out pretty late, but there's a good reason for that. Uh, kids are all that tough. And all, well, we're busy people, and people don't always uh, believe or understand that, but it's just an example of what our life is like. Um, it was two days ago, I think. Yeah. The uh, It was 39 degrees. And yeah, there's people elsewhere in the country who are laughing at that. They just are oh, blessed. 39. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> do, uh, yeah, do you think that's hot? Is it warm? And, um, but, but you know what, we've this. No, but it's 39 hot for degrees here. at night. I mean, it was insane. We were sweating in our beds. It was uh, bad. Anyway, so we'd. Well, the kids have got a hold of a fan and they'd set it up in the room, and one by one they all migrated into that room. I actually wanted to join. In fact, I think I did join them for a bit. Yeah. So, at some point, the two oldest girls, they went and pushed their beds together so they could, you know, be closer and and stuff in the middle of the night. Um, which is lovely. I mean, I that's one of the joys of a double bed is you don't have to sleep alone. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, they made this for themselves and the other one's eight and the other one's six and they... Uh, well, it, it got a bit carried away because then the, the four-year-old joined them and then the two-year-old joined them. And it was very cute and very adorable and took the ladies to fall asleep. Yeah, and then we left them there because yeah. they were all happy and, yeah, sardines. Besides, it was, it was just too hot to do anything about it. Exactly. Two o'clock in the morning, I wake up and they've woken up and they are uncomfortable and they're unhappy that someone's lying on their foot or whatever oh it was. Yes, and we'd put the fan on a timer and it was off. Yeah, streaming a major betrayal. Why was this thing off? Yeah, so we yeah. wake up and the oldest is no, the oldest is pretending to sleep. The second is screaming. The third is screaming. The fourth is he's having a little rant of his own, or whatever the order is. And so there I was at two o'clock in the morning, comforting three screaming kids and one very impatient eight-year-old, very upset that I'm trying to sleep here, and. One by one, settle them down, put them to bed, and then get to work like like a zombie. So, we have our reasons, you know. We 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 are trying. Yeah, we do. We, we, there are challenges. Yeah. So. Anyway, excuses. Enough excuses. Um, we were we actually had an idea. I think it was you had this idea, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, but it's something we've discussed, uh, you know, just randomly over many years. I think mm. in parts. Yeah, it's all this. I mean, just disclaimer first: we we're not people who believe that there are major significant differences between the sexes, or that there are appropriate roles, or any of that. I mean, we tend to fall into those roles, but we realise this is as much our own upbringing and just doing what we're comfortable with. It's not like it's some pre-programmed thing. So, just, just laying that out there before we put it on the topic, it's a pitfalls of dealing with the opposite sex. Yes, that's it's I think the crux of it. Um, you were explaining to me just now exactly what what you meant by that. Uh, it, well, I was thinking specifically about in relationships. Um, I, well, I was I was going to go for romantic relationships because a person really has to. If you make it too broad, you kind of lose salience. Mm. And my thinking was, um, it was the when you say pitfalls. Well, the way women view men. And the way men view women 
specifically in heterosexual relationships, going all the way back from when you first start liking, you know, the, and this is obviously in a heterosexual context, when you start liking the opposite sex, mm-hmm. um, at aged, well, I mean, girls, you know, that's from age seven or something, but, you know, when, eh, let's say puberty, 13, 12, 13, 14, all the way up to your 20s and when you're a student and then even further along uh, when you're older and a little more savvy mm. and dating has become a bit, you know, jaded. So I want to just cut in there, sidetrack. Yeah. Um, you talk a lot about how this is a heterosexual thing, it's a straight people thing. I wonder, do gay people have this issue? Um, um, as in, should we maybe get one of our one of our friends to come in and sit down and say, oh, yes, well, I... I don't know what you're talking about. It's I great. Think that would be an awesome podcast. Yeah. And then we'd we, we'd hammer him or her um, just on like all of the. Uh, well, I don't know if you know, know any gay girls in this town, at least not since I moved up here. Yeah, I know many in Cape Town. Mm. Um, but w- well, whoever the the nearest well, at least none gay that I'm person, on a close personal friendship. <laughs> level with you know I mean there's, there's people I work with but no 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 yeah. I, I mean uh, well we I mean, we'll just grab the nearest gay friend and oh, yeah. you know, drag them in here you can be our token but yeah. either way um, no no and then we could ask them all of the common you know even though we might have dispelled these myths for ourselves mm. the common myths around that but I think in in the case of this particular thing mm. we're talking about um, the misconceptions and misapprehensions that we have of the opposite sex which I honestly believe is is a cultural and media construct I can tell you one one that's that's uh, opened me for years um, young girls so teenage to early 20s and by the way when I'm referring to young women as girls it's because I'm pushing 40 okay well, yeah, yeah, yeah girls is very nice you're still a kid yes. to me yeah at that age um, and you see well it's this idea that what you need to be is tough and hardcore and a little bit scary. Oh, I blame Angelina Jolie from Hackers. I and blame. And just every other, and movies like, I mean, okay, we're talking about our generation. Uh, I'm blaming 80s porn and 80s music videos. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not so the sure about the porn. The chick and all of those things. She would have this uh, thick black perm. She would have the severest makeup in the world, emphasizing all the angles and pointy bits but of her face. But that's the thing, it's, and it's true. And the whole approach it was just so aggressive and violent. And Look, to be fair, I mean, a person needs to take into account what, um, what was happening in the sort of women's liberation well, for sure. kind I mean, of timeline at that stage. Women were being accepted in the working world. They were breaking the glass ceiling. Yeah. There was a lot going on that, that kind of precipitated that. For sure, for sure. I mean, that was sort of coming out of the 70s when the whole sort of bra burning thing was. was uh, well, most the bra burning happened even before. But, no, but I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, this was, the, this was the age of women, executive women, working women. I'm not so worried about why, though. The thing is, it's kids growing up in the 90s seem to have this idea that if you really want to impress a guy, basically be as thoroughly detestably unlikable as you can. <laughs> the okay? thing is, girls Pick didn't see it this them. way. Be an asshole. No. Guys, Girls did not see it this way. And, and there was this kind of, the thing about the 90s was that there was also that gothic thing, that dark oh. thing. And there were so many, 
movies and ideas around this that gave girls this idea. I mean, I'm trying to think of examples now, and I wish I'd thought of them before, but movies like The Crow, mm-hmm. um, uh, people like Courtney Love, um, and when I mentioned Angelina Jolie, it wasn't just roles like Hackers. Mm. Uh, there were a few of them. I'm just thinking of like Girl Interrupted and that sort of thing. We're basically the slightly disturbed, not entirely well-adjusted, darker girl is supposed to be the more attractive one. And look, well, I mean, there are just, I could cite so many movies. But that's not what I'm talking about. No, no, but I'm, I'm trying to tell you where it came from, why girls had this idea. No, but I'm talking about something from before that. Right? It's that... And and I think the mystery for me is why people growing up in our era in this sort of actually quite um, feisty but vulnerable is actually the... the uh, was my impression of the stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Which... Well, people can't pull off because they're not actors. They're not professional actors, <laughs> and they don't have those issues. But, I mean, there's this older thing, which is where... I mean, look at a movie from the mid-'80s. Yeah. Uh, especially the sort of cheaper, urban, action-y kind of things, where you've got people... Uh, well, you know, I was watching, you know, award-winning yes, so films <laughs> and you know, right. French films. But there'll always be a scene where somebody now has to say something sweary. Yeah, and I would love to give you an example, but I think there's possibly one day maybe there'll be children listening to the show. Um, well, my mum listens to it, so I'm not going to exactly, swear. Exactly, no, yeah. don't swear. But they'll they would say something something crude, uh, and it would just be so the actor would really sort of get their uh, get their hands on this thing and really sort of <laughs> overact it and say, "Yeah, yeah, well, well beep you, you." <laughs> I mean, I remember once in high school, um, we were in an English class. I think it was my second last year. And our English teacher was uh, reading us a set work, which was uh, Master Harold and the Boys by Ethel Fugard. Wow. And there's a, that. Yeah, there's a little F-bomb right in the middle of it. Where An F-bomb? Yes, it's this thing uh, foreigners say. Is it the beep, 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 beep sort of thing? That's just the F-word. Oh. And our teacher was uh, had taken it upon himself that he was going to read this word. He was not going to make a bunch the of child read it. Fair enough. Test. That's fair enough. And uh, maybe it was a mistake because I think he was probably the least comfortable person <laughs> in the room with the word. And <laughs> well, he obviously didn't use it often. You should have gotten one of the rougher boys to read it. Hi, he could have gotten me to do it. That would have been great. No, but uh, <laughs> that sort of tortured, strangled choke. As uh, he had to yes. put this word out there. Um, it was kind of like that. He's, it, was, it was like it was like every actor in the eighties was actually quite a decent person who didn't like um, obscenities. Well, the clean cut thing was a big thing. Mm. I mean, if you look at uh, movies like Back to the Future, the thing is, Marty McFly is this. I mean, he, he considers himself this major rebel, but no, you know, I'm talking the actors, and they were playing these incredibly hardcore, violent, aggressive roles, but, and but they couldn't just say the word naturally. It had to be sort of really amplified and exaggerated to show just how hardcore they were being. And as a result, they sounded like a bunch of teenagers, like 14-year-olds dressed up in their dad's clothes, you know. But uh, now here's the question. is Are you equating that? Because well, I'll sort of bring it back to the point Okay, now. yeah, I am sidetracking quite far. Um, I'm t- but uh, equating that to these girls who feel like they need to be hardcore or... In a roundabout way, yes, that is what I'm doing. But you now here's the question, just quickly. 
mm. what you're basically saying is obviously that's not attractive when mm. somebody acts aggressively and detestably that's mm. not but I think it does help to remember that if you look at the the sort of art and fashion photographs from the time in magazines and the go. characters it's in movies the it sexy look was one that showed your teeth and looked like you were about to bite something exactly or it was that sort of slightly pouty um, but miffy look on the face yeah I'm with unhappy I with am. the dark eyeliner and the general kind of mm. uh, spoiled brat there we go y y y this is this is the one I'm talking about and that that kind of era so girls really did believe and I, I went through this misconception myself for a while mm. where I really believed that what was attractive or attractive behavior was being complex complex and dark <laughs> And, you know, if you couldn't... And, oh, I have an interesting little anecdote here. Yeah. I was at a 13th birthday party of my nieces um, on the weekend. And they were... I mean, they looked so grown up. I just uh, forgot how quickly um, they grow up. But, uh, you know, and it was the, the birthday girl had this bevy of girls around her. And there were only three boys there. Uh, I find that's always difficult. It's difficult to get boys to party to girls' parties for some reason. I I had this problem when I was growing up. I, I don't know. I did not. But I you're a boy. I was a no, no. I'm what I mean is. Did you have a problem getting girls there? No. Oh. There was no such thing as a problem getting even mix of boys and girls at your parties. Maybe it's maybe it was just the area because you grew up in Maritzburg. Maybe it was different there. It's a smaller town. No, no, no. Well, I mean, everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody's parents. Well, we were, we were like uh, standard five kids. I mean, you just invited your class and the other class. That's, you know, I, I think because maybe we you knew them all. No, not all of them. You invited the ones that you liked, and then you would make sure that you invited uh, a fair mix of boys and girls because there was going to be dancing and there was going to be snogging. Um, Not that your parents knew in advance. No. Well, I mean, I uh, I was at that age where you tell parents everything because you're trying to impress them with how worldly you are. Of course. You yeah, no, I mean, I've been to, to a to them disco party. Yeah, um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think they just believed it. I mean, we would talk about kissing and stogging a lot, and they were sort of, oh, bless, thinking <laughs> it was something else. And then <laughs> I remember my birthday party, my 12th birthday party, actually. The photographs came back, and my parents were horrified at what was uh, what the cold hard the light of the camera flash was revealing. So, <laughs> I mean, looking back now, like 30 odd years later, I no, not 30, lots and lots of years later, <laughs> 26 years later, yes. I, uh, I, I can understand if I saw 12 year olds um, uh, well, also, this is an 80s thing. Think how, how, how passionate kisses looked in the 80s. Oh, it's like you're trying to bite each other's teeth out. Trying to eat each other's faces off. Yes, exactly. And that's what we were doing. But uh, you know what's interesting here? Not me. Um, I, I, I my, first, uh, my first disco party that I went to, I never had one. Mm -hmm. um, I had a similar, well, I discovered a similar reaction from my parents. They mm. were just as kind of shocked. <laughs> my dad fetched me and I obviously left sort of earlier than everybody else. Mm. Um, and when he got home, I just remember him sort of telling my mom all sort of uh, disbelievingly that, like, you couldn't fit a piece of paper between these kids <laughs> dancing. 
Well, and why would you want to dance if you weren't? Well, why all would the you other slow dance if you know if you yeah. weren't going to be squeezing up against somebody? All and the other dancing was just warm up. You know, it was. But my anecdote was actually not really related to that because this particular party was not like that at all. There were, I mm. mean, there was a, a too few. There were too few boys, and they basically just hung around in a corner on their own. And mm. they, the one had dressed up because it was. They, there was a theme. It was a kind of masquerade theme. So the one had come as a sort of, I don't know, like a Phantom of the Opera kind of thing. And th- there were one or two. I mean, the one had a lightsaber. <laughs> there was a cape involved. Lightsaber. I don't know. It was all <laughs> You know, they're 30. Uh, um, uh, but there was this massive bevy of girls and all dressed up to the nines. Because when does one get an opportunity to yeah. doll up like that? And they they all looked, oh, and they were so chuffed with themselves. And there was makeup. It was a whole thing. And um, I happened to be walking into the building after chasing our four-year-old for the 50th time outside. And this one this one girl comes kind of marching out with this little group of followers behind her and um, moaning about something in, in heels that she's obviously not terribly comfortable in. She kind of comes wobbling down the stairs, but all, you know, marchy and confident. And she goes, um, I just don't, I don't even know what to say. I can't even. Suicidal tendencies. And she goes marching off with a <laughs> little bevy of friends, all kind of, you know, yes, yes, hyper-dramatic studiously running yeah. after it. And I just thought, like, that that is a comment that she'd heard somewhere or picked up somewhere or heard in a movie that she really felt was this kind of... Huh? And what I found so funny about the this little comment, this statement, was it was it kind of reminded me of this idea that women are supposed to be all sophisticated and world-weary and hardcore. Mm. And you see this reflected in the way younger or young adults try and act because oh. they're trying to copy grown-ups. Um, so that for me was uh, it was adorable. Mm. I kind of giggled a bit as I was walking past because she'd obviously said it loudly enough for me to hear. Right, right. To show you that she's... And that she's so grown-up. Mm. And this, this, this whole sort of presenting an image that you think is the right one, that just permeates the whole dating thing, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it starts off um, you're trying to kind of develop this identity and you you take well, roles. You're cultivating an identity. One exactly. that you think you is maybe the one them. that works. And it, that's why as teenagers, parents shouldn't stress too much if their kids go through various phases. They, I mean, the old thing, it's just a phase, is true. Mm. For the most part, it really is just a phase. Whatever it is, um, whether they do the whole like, I mean, my poor parents. I I did the dark clothes, Doctor Martin wearing, you know, right. listening to music that I thought was hardcore, but didn't hmm. impress my dad at all for some reason. So I realised he was into like seventies metal. Yeah. Um, but you know, and they kind of allowed it. They they realised this was just me kind of experimenting with who I wanted to be, and I mm. ended up becoming uh, sort of the adult version of my child self with <laughs> none of that weird crap yeah. in between. But anyway, so back to sorry, yeah, the um, dating. Yes, mm. uh, but proper so dating doesn't really happen properly until you leave high school. I don't think. Or should we include high school? I didn't date in high school. Some, so. some kids seem to do it. I don't know how sophisticated that was, though. I don't know if we need to add that. I don't have anything to add to that. Well, 
I think dating happens when you're in high school. I mean, there's a whole industry of TV programs and sitcoms, and there's always these teenagers who are dating. And maybe you got a point because I never experienced any of that. Well, there were a few kids in our schools, well, in, in my high school who dated, mm. but, well, I mean, had boyfriends. It was odd. It was the nothing like the sort of heavy school. thing. The last year of primary school, everybody had hooked up with somebody else. Um, there were these couples who were... These alliances and these... No, no, no. Well, there was none of that. We I just we just never had that. Um, no, it's, I mean I mean couples. Yeah. People coupled up and they, um, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And they would, uh, they would be very demonstrative and physically affectionate. Of course. Everybody knew the young. one couple who had had sex. And that's how we would say it because you know <laughs> it's such a shocking word. Uh, the thing is, had they actually? I mean, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. Um, although I think maybe she had seen him naked at one point because it was the talk of the school was her reaction. Uh, it's it's uh, it was a little bit smaller than she'd expected, and of oh, course that because just he was m- sounds made up. Girls hear that they're supposed to react like that to the size, and they've got nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how true that is either. Well, I think it was true, because I think she had, uh, I think girls have an expectation, girls know before boys do what it's going to do to them, and then they finally see it. girls don't have an they expectation. They finally see it, and it's like the last knuckle of your pinky finger, because you're, a, because you're a prepubescent boy. But here's the thing, girls don't have a major expectation. Their understanding of sex, although they understand you the mechanics... Didn't have. No, well, I mean... We're talking about young now. And when I say young, I mean pre... Well, up to 12, the age 13? of about 12 or 13. Yeah. I think you are overestimating the, hey, the way girls understand the mechanics. They understand them intellectually. No, nonsense. I'm telling you what was told to me by the girls themselves. I'm this not isn't my impression. This is, no, this is I'm not saying that you didn't hear what they said and that yeah. they weren't saying what they said. What I'm saying is I'm not entirely sure that that story actually happened. It sounds like a crock of crap to me. It sounds like they were saying what they thought they were supposed to say because boys spend an awful lot of time. Um, or not boys, the media but why tells they, girls that boys are sensitive about the size. Why would they get it wrong that in that direction? What? Because they know that it's humiliating. I don't understand. What I mean to say is... Why would she want to humiliate him? Was, was that the purpose? No, no, no. It, that would not have been it at all. No. Um, it would have been the fact that being a world-wise woman... Because or the story a goes, woman, she was expecting something a little bit larger. Okay. And more mature. Which is what you would expect... F- the reaction you would expect from an older girl... Girls spend a lot of time pretending to be older than they are and acting like they know a lot more than they do. Well, a story like this, it sounds like, to me, mm-hmm. like one of them had heard this story from an older sister okay. and the thing had been kind of mutated. That is possible. That is possible. I'll, I'll concede that. This is what I'm trying to say, is mm. um, they girls spend, an, young girls especially, spend a lot of time trying to act a lot older All than right. they are. Anyway, I was trying to get away from the the, the, the girl misconceptions, though. There's a... Uh, 
You know what I think the most uh, insidious misconception young guys have? And I think it tends to be a little bit older, so late teens, early 20s, is this whole concept of the friend zone. And let me tell you, I believed in it. Oh, yes. I was a disciple of the friend zone. And it is, that is the biggest... Because I was so deep in there, I knew all about it. And the ridiculous thing is, one or two just confident, um, uh, how could one put it, confident action-y things mm. would completely lift a guy out of that. I want to tell any guys who are in the friend zone right now what it actually is. I mean, what makes it. It's not what you think. It's not what you're telling yourself. It exists in your head. It's a little cage that you have constructed for yourself. It's true. It is. Because I've got to tell you this. Once you break out of the friend zone, and I don't mean you finally make it with that girl who just is stringing you along because (laughs) she's locked you in the friend zone. No, no. She didn't put you there. You put you there. Um, Once you get past the stage of believing in such things... It becomes quite possible and, in fact, quite stress-free and relaxing to be a friend, to to have a friendship with a girl that you're attracted to. When Harry met Sally, <laughs> when Harry met Sally, was lying to you. It is entirely possible. I mean, yes, you're attracted to that person. You still think about them in a certain way. You might fantasize about them at times, but. It does not preclude you still treating her like a friggin' human being, like somebody that you can be an equal with and exactly. converse with. It's not hard. And think, once you yeah, get past that, you realize that if she's not interested in you, well, she's not interested in you. You don't sit there and, and torment yourself constantly. Uh, you know. No, but you know what? Do you know what? I Now, I'm listening with deep interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to just maybe clue whatever guy is listening okay, how okay. do you break out well, you know what? of let the friend let zone let me explain what the friend zone is because we assume everyone knows maybe someone uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people who just haven't come across this term yet yeah so friend zone right you are a nice guy right you're not like those assholes who are just uh, pushing their way in, into girls lives and you just like slept with lots of girls and you've got this great life no 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 no, no you actually like the girl as a yeah, person. You're a nice guy. You, you don't treat people like that. But you really want to. Because, of course, you do. You're a young guy. You well, you... And she's a... Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I've distracted myself. Uh, boy, this mind of mine is all over the place. Yeah, so... You meet an attractive woman. You are into her. You fancy her. And... You're a nice guy, so you never tell her, which is the excuse you're making for lacking the courage of your convictions. Yeah. And I understand. It's a hard thing to do. You're putting yourself out there. You're risking rejection. Um, you're making yourself vulnerable. Somebody who your past experience has probably taught you is going to reject you. Yeah. Um, but you can't admit that to yourself. But you, you can't admit that I'm getting nowhere because... I'm scared of rejection. 
Or if you do admit it, it'll be a sort of in that sort of defiant way that people say, "Oh well, you know, I'm I'm just scared of rejection. That's just who I am. And if she can't see past that and reach out to me, and <laughs> ah, you know, this is in many ways this is quite um, quite interesting because mm-hmm. um, the more confident you are and the more secure and um, sort of uh, how could a person put it? The more you believe that you're not just a friend, mm. the more a girl will believe you. Yeah. The more, I mean, why do younger guys so admire older guys? Mm-hmm. It's because older guys go to girls and they go, hey, baby, <laughs> looking good tonight. Can I get you a drink? And she goes, no, thank you. Hang on, hang on. I need to write uh, this down because I, I don't think I ever really could. No, no, no. And, well, I mean, and, uh, and he goes, well, fair enough. Uh, but you know, if you change mm. your number, if you change your mind, here's my number. What about your redhead friend over there? Now, I mean, look, <laughs> we're we're pushing some terrible, terrible yeah, stereotypes yeah. here. But what I'm trying to say is, uh, now we're not talking about um, we're talking about kind of meeting people and yeah. solici- soliciting interest. Well, we're talking. We're about not talking about being aggressive. No, for sure. Pushy. Sure. But that is part of the friend zone illusion, you see, is that people who do have confidence, and oh, you wish you were like them. Oh, yes. But they're assholes, and they're just going to treat her like crap. So you've met this person, you're into her, you really like her, but you, you're too shy, you're too nervous, you're too whatever. Yeah. You don't say anything. So you do the next best. You still got to hang around with her, so you become friends yeah. with her, and you get to be near her. And Notice this: you became friends with her. But this is the thing. So and that's the first thing you put yourself in there, and there you go, being friends with her, and you always, you just, and that's the trap, isn't it? Because the more time you spend around a person that you are already attracted to, the more attracted you're going to become. Of course, and what a wisdom there. And I should just mention, as a little footnote, when a girl says. I don't think we should get take this further because I don't want to ruin the fain- friendship. How often does that even happen? No, I I used it. It is it oh. is she's saying I'm not attracted to you. Mm. You did not mess up by entering the friend zone. Or well, you probably did. Yeah. But the point is Well, you know, my friends experience she's using that as a No one ever said that to me ever in my life because Well, because you are attractive. Also because I never put myself in a position where rejection was possible. Yeah, no, well, I say never. I mean, I got older and I grew that. I grew up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I became a grown-up man. <laughs> and I learned how to actually talk to people. Yeah, and it's to be fair. I mean, it's still in my nature. I'm a bit of a, a bit of an introvert. You are, yeah. Okay, but fair enough. Uh, but I mean, how does you know what this is? This is taking a totally different train. But I'm actually mm. liking where it's going. How does a guy actually um, decide, okay, he's going to be more proactive about this lot? Um, he's mm. going to go out there. And, and I can say from a girl's perspective what is attractive to girls. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is, and you're going to have to fake it. Everybody fakes it till they make it. Just fake it. Well, that's the thing. That's fake the that you learn. confidence. What I could never understand was friends of mine who... No, you're sitting there, you're having a few beers, you're in the pub, what have you, and some bombshell walks in. Yeah. Every male eye is looking, right? Has forgotten the conversation that they were in. Yeah. It happens. 
These girls do exist. That well, I've, I've seen them myself. And this guy would look with the rest of us, and then he would not stop. And he would turn, and his whole body language would shift. And you know, he's armed. He has acquired the target. He's about to pull his own trigger and launch himself like this heat-seeking missile. <laughs> and in he goes. And he was a large and intimidating guy, so if there was a radio guy with her, he would simply barge in there. Um, okay, you're talking about a unique situation, though, I think. I mean, most guys probably don't. No, for sure. Um, well, I mean, this guy was like Captain Alpha. But, you know, I do. Um, I think the body language that you mentioned is yeah, a big... Well, well, well the, the point is he would just walk in there. And all his friends would be lining up saying, don't do this, don't do this. Your girlfriend is not going to like this. And we're talking like a long-term, multi-year relationship. He had a girlfriend? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, this is turning into a horrible story. Eh, well, I'm going to tell you something my mum once said. Until the ring's on your finger. Fair enough, but still, you know, no, what you, I mean you is don't go around breaking hearts like that. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm making it sound cold. What she, crappy uh, and She unethical. wasn't saying go mess people around. Like no, no, she, she said she was just saying it's not carved in stone. That's yeah, my you're mom allowed to change your mind the same and, thing. and get out of a relationship, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but that wasn't his, his plan at all, no. Um, and, uh, and, and you don't often meet guys who are like that, actually, but we all know about them. We've seen them on TV. Well, I've met guys like this. Yeah, but I mean, they're not the majority by far. But we all know about them, and when you're in the friend zone, any guy who is able to talk to a girl, you immediately slot him into that group. Of course. It's this all crazy, messed-up thinking that you it's all built around the excuse that you're making for your own inability to to take that chance. But I think this is the major thing. Um, what I always respected and found attractive in my dating days um, in guys was the ones who um, did not conceal their intentions. Girls are not stupid. Mm. They know their friends are interested. Why would they go to so much effort spending time with you? Mm-hmm. It's not because look if if they if they like sharing their love of musical theater, <laughs> you know it might just be because they love your personality. Yeah. But for the most part, girls who have straight guy friends are aware of the fact that the guy is attracted to them, and that is at the crux of the friend zone dilemma. Hmm. And they are not going to do anything. But uh, you know. The you now you're screwed because now you've already kind of um, ensconced yourself in there, mm. and now you're the buddy, and you're not the alpha male, and I think alpha male is actually the perfect way of putting it. Mm. Um, what I always found terribly attractive was a guy who did not hide his intentions, which was, um, hey baby, I've got a spaceship. Mm. Do you want to go to another planet? <laughs> And uh, I'm not talking about cheesy pickup lines or anything. Um, well, to be fair, it was that was there for that was box. from I mean, yes, he, no, that he, was he was telling the truth, and yeah, he was cool. Mm. Um, but basically, a guy who was like, "I am interested. I am interested in you mm. as a girl. I, you know, I, I'll listen to your stuff about your life and your job and stuff. But really, I like you. I fancy you, <laughs> and mm. I'm. I want to take this further." And they they do that from the get-go. Mm. None of this um, wingman, friendly, friend zone, so where do you work? Oh, 
I have experience in that work. Let's randomly chat about random stuff. And you know, you know, when I finally sort of started coming out of my shell, as it were, yeah, and started becoming a little more direct like that, it worked. It does. It really, really works. It and does. For this one happy year, I was. Yeah, I was almost serial dating. And then you married me. Yeah. Well, I met you in the middle of all that, and then... Anyway, that's that's our, our whole How We Got Together story, which... Uh, uh, that's a whole other that story. Now. It's actually... Oh, we've got a baby crying. Uh, besides, oh, okay. we're going to have to pause. We'll be right back off for word from our sponsors. Oh, uh, we don't have sponsors. Right, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, what were we talking about? It was... Well, anyway, we, I think we were trying to well, close it, it off. Yeah. Uh, well, it basically came down to the fact that um, the friend zone is a myth. Mm. If you... Uh, and this is, once again, okay, we're just disclaimer, disclaimer. We're using very unpolitically correct terminology. Actually, terminology you know, you know what? Don't judge us. Let's, stop, let, let, let's uh, re- rephrase that sentence. Um, if you are trying to make somebody of the opposite sex attractive to you, then... These are the rules to follow. For girls, stop being so damn scary and hardcore. Be, be, just be smile. Be, be yourself. Be free. And look, again, okay, I'm not going to say be yourself because that's loaded with all sorts of other crap that you get. People told tell young childhood. girls growing up that this is how they must go through life, and I'm not going to say that. No. This is simply when you're attracted to somebody and you would like them to notice you. That's the approach. Everything First, else changes on. Just, that. just smile. Mm. That is honestly, seriously, the reason I got approached a lot. In my dating days, was because I tend to be a bit smiley. I smiled, You're and that a happy was person. And that's that you laugh on the outside while you cry on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I thought I was a suffering, starving artist, and then mm. I found out I was wasn't even an artist. I was just just broke. <laughs> but no, no, no. Um, I the smile would be kind of I don't want to say an invitation, but it would guys at their ease. They'd feel more comfortable approaching me than other women There's who been sitting there with this. their black lipstick. And women are more attractive when they smile. People and are more attractive when they smile. Men are more attractive when they don't smile. I don't mean pleasant to look at. I mean like sexy. Oh, physically attractive. Yes. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I found when I was in a good mood and I smiled a lot. And I mean, if somebody makes eye contact with me I kind of automatically smile I think about it how many times have I been upset about something and then and not saying anything I'm just fuming in the corner and you come back and say oh you're doing plenty jaw yes that's nice. true oh yeah it's <laughs> absolutely true yeah. anyway so um, for but girls, the whole point is definitely yeah. w- well smile and be personable and that's if you're a guy just suck it up fake it just go in there and uh, what I mean uh, don't even bother with pickup mm. lines just yeah, say hello lines are stupid. I like you Hello, that's a good pickup line. You know, hi, hi. My name is such and such. Mm-hmm. What do you, uh, What do you do for a living? I'm I'm interested to hear about you. Yeah, I find you interesting. You look interesting. I want to hear things. Yeah, stop trying to be the the the, the nice guy. You know, in finger quotes. Ah. <sighs> Because that's not how you do it. It doesn't work, and then half of the time they think you're gay. It's a bullseye. What was that movie? Um, it was a remake of some classic, Bedazzled. Yes. With um, uh, George of the Jungle and exactly. um, Mrs. Kensington from exactly. Austin Powers. Yes. yes. Um, and she's the devil, and he's this, and he's interested in some girl. And one of his wishes was to be the nice, sweet, sensitive guy. Oh. Next thing he comes after so this freckle-faced 
And he cries every time the, the sun sets. And I mean, she really appreciates him. And then at some point, some guy comes and kicks sand in his face yeah. repeatedly. If you and think you're in the friend zone, it's because you think that that's what women want. Exactly. And then, well, honestly, you only got yourself to blame at that point. So, um, yeah. So I think let's let's classify. I think we've covered half what we wanted to say. Yes, that's our sponsor crying over there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So if you, if you I mean if you've been, uh, we are. I'm gonna have to edit that out. I think, I mean, this is this ended completely differently from how we started, but I think we've actually gotten a few really good points across. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, who knew? We are giving dating advice. There you go. Well, we've we've been married for some time. So. Yeah, I mean, we've been out of the dating pool for more than 10 years, so I think we are qualified. <laughs> On the yeah. other hand, we must have been good at it to get to the stage where we could get married in the first place. So. And, no, no, I, I mean, but we were, both, we were both in our mid to late 20s when we met, so we yeah. had a, a good few years' experience. Mm. Um, yeah, so I guess that's that then. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please retweet us comment yeah share this sh- uh, wherever you found us share it on your social medias uh, twitterize us and facebook us and uh, put us on your on your interblogs and your webby tubes and um, yeah just tell a friend let people know uh, if you know if, if everybody just shares us with one friend we can have almost three listeners by the end of the week uh, <laughs> we could be like those when cats when cats have baby cats and, and you, if you don't spay them and they have baby cats you end up with a hundred cats you know this one guy listened to this podcast and he did not tell a friend and he lost his job <laughs> that's um, not true and his car caught uh, fire he's just making this and up. and well obviously it's a joke I mean um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's that. Uh, Leave a comment, tell us what you think, and thanks for listening. Thank you, and good night.